All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. Michael Che is on the show today. You know him from Saturday Night Live, where he's the co-head writer and he co-hosts Weekend Update with Colin Jost. He also has his own sketch show, That Damn Michael Che, on HBO Max. That's the name of the the show. Not, I'm not saying that about him. That Damn Michael Che. Season two premieres next week. I talked to him in my hotel room in New York City, and uh, it was great. It was great to finally uh, hang out with Michael. So I'm going to be in D.C., Tomorrow night at the Kennedy Center. I think we'll have a pretty good turnout. Uh, But also, here's the weird thing. My old college roommate Lance lives in D.C. And I see him maybe once a year, less. I haven't seen him a whole lot in the last, I don't know, how old are we? When was it? 35 years. But it's it's an interesting thing that we were, you know, pretty close. We lived together for two years in college housing and then for another two or three years, I think, off campus but then you kind of your life goes different ways so i'm going to see lance and i think i'm maybe going to do an episode with him i'm going to talk to him which i'm nervous about because what is that sort of like let's go over what you remember about me but we'll see you know to talk about life with somebody and then turns out in red bank new jersey where i will be on this saturday the other two guys we live with brad and tony are coming to the shows now i haven't seen these guys really much I'm, you know, I can count them on one hand in the last 35 years. And it's just wild. I don't know. Maybe I can get them all on tape. We'll see. But uh, it's going to be wild. It's always wild to see people after so long. I can't even imagine what Tony looks like. I mean, I used to see this guy like every day. Pretty high. But I'd see him every day. We were all pretty high. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how we amounted to much to anything, but maybe we can fill in some blanks in each other's lives. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it. I have uh, I've been fairly emotional lately. I'm trying to do the enjoy life thing. Uh, I'm trying to do that, and I, I think I'm having some success at it. Like I I actually have to pay attention to moments where I'm like, hey, dude, just enjoy what you have in your mouth. Why don't you try that? Why don't you just enjoy uh, sitting on your porch? Why don't you just enjoy it, man? The t- clock is ticking, bro. Why don't you enjoy giving love to your cats and being empathetic with other human beings? Why don't you do that? Why don't you do what you can? Why don't you like focus in on who you're voting for in this California local elections and state elections? Who are you voting for? Why don't you do a little research? Why don't you try that? Why don't you order some stuff online that'll make you feel better, like those little things you put in a drain that catch the uh, random food so you don't have to use your garbage disposal and fuck up your plumbing. A lot of people don't know that. Garbage disposal is not for garbage disposal. It's just for loose shit that gets in there that shouldn't be in there anyways, so you get rid of that. Don't fucking put your whole life into your garbage disposal. Don't do entire cakes or the end of celeries or any of that. Don't don't use it like that. Like my mother used to use it, like a mouth that wasn't hers. That's how my mother used her garbage disposal. It's like, all right, there's a cake on the counter. I'm going to eat one piece of it compulsively and fast and without any joy whatsoever. And then I'm going to aggressively shove the rest of the cake down the garbage disposal. That's my second mouth. The garbage disposal will keep me from gaining weight. 
Sorry, man. Stream of consciousness. You never know what's going to happen. My mom's okay. Thanks for asking. She's a little dizzy. I think she's going to be all right. I don't know what I'm going to do at the Montreal Gala. I got to figure out some time. Shit. It's a lot going on. I got to work on some new material that's... Look, I'm already doing like two hours. Lay off. Back off. You know what's lovely, though? I'll tell you what's lovely, honestly, is that I'm getting a lot of emails about the bad guys. And first of all, there's a lot of kids that walk out of there, according to their parents, and say that I'm their favorite character, which I find very moving and touching. But I'm also getting a lot of emails from parents who are fans of mine who now have this experience of me with their kid that they couldn't have, obviously, just watching my stand-up or something, but they can both have these separate but common experiences with me. Now, this isn't a selfish thing. I just find it very sweet that it's happening. I'm glad that that movie did so well, and I'm glad that people enjoy it, but it's definitely something I never thought in my life would happen, which is that I'd have some fans who are under 10. So that's exciting, right? Fans under 10 for the snake? The snake's a great character. So Michael Che and I had this uh, lovely conversation a few weeks ago in New York City in my hotel room. This Saturday is the season finale of Saturday Night Live. Season two of that damn Michael Che premieres uh, next Thursday, May 26th on HBO Max. And we didn't, we've never really talked. So this is, we've met a couple times, but this is the first time we talked. And uh, it was great. It was great. This is me talking to Michael Che. Jimmy, like, whether it's a voice or an expression, like, he knows how to... You're, right, right, right. You're right. working with a dude that's, like, you know, he knows how to hold... I, I love Jimmy. He's a good guy, right? He's a great guy. How I mean, long, he's always been great great to me. How long did you work with him over there? I never worked with him. Uh, like, we, we never overlapped. But my first show... No, my second show at SNL as a writer... Yeah. Uh, Jimmy was... I mean, uh, excuse me. Justin was hosting... Yeah. So, like, Jimmy was around. Oh, because oh, you know buddies, what I mean. Yeah. yeah so I kind of met him very, very quickly, and then, uh, and then, like, you know, like he'd always be around. Like he'd be around. Like he hosted, I think, like the next season or oh, something yeah. like that. So you're around him, and he's in like that just way. in the building. He's always been in the building. Yeah. So he's in the. You know, he's right on six. And then I know, I know Amir and them. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like I kind of I don't even know how long I I don't know how I've met him. Is that you know like that's yeah. how long I feel like I've known him. Yeah, I think everybody in that building gets loses track of time. Yeah, yeah, it's like a casino, <laughs> yeah. like no clocks or windows type thing. <laughs> it's like, true, right? Yeah, literally, yeah. Oh, shit. I never thought about that, but it's kind of <laughs> like that. I mean, I've only been there a couple times, and I was like, have I been here a week? Yeah, it's, it, it's got that feeling. It's it's like forever. <laughs> yeah. So I went over, to, I was. I just, uh, I did the full, uh, the full spread at Katz's about an hour ago. I did the whole thing. Isn't it crazy? There's a line wrapped around the block for that. I know a guy. You could probably get in. You could probably yeah, get in. I could probably get in. The, I could probably get in. That's, I think you've earned that. I would hope so. <laughs> that you could go into the sandwich place. But it's just crazy. I remember going there as a kid. Like my my grandmother. Like that was our Sunday treat. My grandmother would go to Cats. Oh really? And like we'd all we'd share like a pastrami sandwich. Sure. My grandmother would always get the hot dog. And yeah, the yeah. And so like that place just reminded me of. 
I don't know. It just it just feels weird that people want to go there. It's all that's left, dude. Yeah, it really is. Like, there's no other delis anymore. There's like, there's no Jews. No, they, they go there, but they look at meat and they look at Jews. Yeah, <laughs> still the best pastrami, though. I think so. It's I mean, like, it must have been when you were a kid, though. Like, how you grew up around here? I grew up. Yeah, I grew up on Allen Street. Really? Yeah. What was the situation then? <laughs> oh, that was public housing, man. That was, right here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How old are you? Thirty. I'll be thirty-nine in like in like a week. So what no, year? Like was, a month. What year was that? You were born in eighty-three, then? huh? Because I came down here in eighty-nine, and I was on second between A and B. Yeah, that's a lot of. Yeah, this, this was all. Dope. This was all kind of dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was all dope. So it was. It's it's sad, but it's also like funny. Like people will say, "Oh man, I miss the gritty New York," and I'm like, "No, you don't." Yeah, I, no, I you don't. To, do you have Do you have uncles in prison still? Do you have, you know what I mean, cousins that OD'd and shit like that? Like you don't, you don't miss it. It's not. It's it's nice now. I like it now. I yeah. like it right now. Well, those people don't know what they're. I mean, I I think I was one of those people until you start to realize, like, I don't know, dope's better than crack. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, if you got to take one, right? Because it was always it was weird down here. It's a lot easier to catch the guy stealing your shit if he's on dope than if he's on crack. Because <laughs> he'd stop and he didn't know he stopped. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, he's just stuck there. You can just take your shit. You can just back. take the book back right off of him. <laughs> he won't know the difference. <laughs> but I, uh, I just remember the whole like when I was on second. It was there was a a dope doorway right next to my house, mm-hmm. and they had these guys. I think it was I don't know if it was Colombians or Dominicans. I don't know. It was Latino for yeah, sure. Yeah. But they had the guys at the end of the street on each side of the street, yeah. the lookouts, mm-hmm. and then they had you know, and they and junkies would line up like. 30 deep yeah like it was a movie it was crazy it was crazy it's crazy that everyone knew it but cops did nothing about it so you grew up in that area in yeah that it was it was like a tidal wave i remember like just you would just 80s? hear about people that you you know lived in your building right lived in other buildings for years and the next thing you know that 30 years 20 years in 40 prison? years in prison or yeah. dead prison yeah well i mean i don't know if they're dead for 30 no, years but i mean but, <laughs> but i mean or dead or dead or dead yeah yeah for sure for because sure because that was when the dope got really clean and so because they realized that white people would snort dope but they wouldn't shoot it so there was a period there in the 80s where the heroin on the street was so good that people were dying pretty easy i feel like it was i feel like it was for my neighborhood yeah. it, it was more crack oh really yeah oh okay for my neighborhood i, I think it was you would hear more about people going away for, for selling crap yeah 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 that's what like all of the time came down because it was so fast and everybody was doing it right and it was so easy to get yeah that you know it was just like it was crazy it makes people crazy yeah and it was like all at one time it was yeah like, yeah yeah it was like, it's like uh yeah it's just a, a a celebration of psychosis on the street yeah <laughs> Yeah, it was like it was like the first iPhone. It was like everyone had to have it. They were lined up to get it. <laughs> you can't remember life before it. <laughs> and then you just you you connect. You stay connected to it. And you stay it's connected what your life to it. Is. That's all it is. It's, it's your it's your uh, your your. It's like uh, an appendage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pipe. Yeah. How how many kids are in your family? <laughs> I'm the youngest of seven. Oh my god! Is that a lot? That's not a lot. What are you talking about? What, what are, you, are you? Two. Oh, I mean, it's well, I mean, I don't know. Catholics, blacks, Hasidic Jews. I guess seven's not a lot. That's not a lot. No, <laughs> it's, it is. Wait, a what's lot. your background? Are you, are you? I'm a Jew. Yeah. But Jews, Jews don't have a lot of kids. Not the regular ones. <laughs> oh, OK. 
<laughs> the hatted ones seem to have sure, quite a sure. few. I was just at the Hertz and I saw some woman in an ortho- a Hasidic guy. They had like seven kids and she didn't even look like she was 40 yet. Well, she was wearing a, a, a brown wig. A probably. brown wig and she looked tired <laughs> and sad and lost. Yeah, that's a rough one. That's, I always feel bad for, for those women because- yeah. Every time I'm at a like a bar late night or randomly, you'll just see like one Hasidic man just come in drinking, trying yeah. to touch the girls. You're like, yeah. your wife is at home right now, covered up. Yeah, with and you're out kids. here with nine with kids nine kids, and you're week. out here yeah. drinking. Yeah, or driving around your station wagon looking for hookers. Exactly. Yeah, I always see, I always just see him down on the on the lower east side driving around looking for trouble. It's the saddest thing in the world. But there, I I heard there was some sort of loophole. Oh. Like you know, I don't know. Like they're like they they can fuck hookers or something. What? It's biblical. I don't know. Oh, Maybe is it kind of like like uh? Well, because they're doing the work or something or that. One of the like, things like not, you know, like you can't touch, you can't use the electric, but you can let somebody else push the elevator button for you on you know, a Saturday. It's a Sabbath thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't fuck that. your wife, but you can fuck a hooker. <laughs> yeah. if she's not Jewish. Maybe I don't know. Or you can have somebody fuck her with your dick. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, she's doing the work. Yeah, sure. Yeah, man. So, how where where are all your sibs at? All spread out, man. We left we left Lower East Side when I was about ten. Yeah, we moved to Jersey City because uh, we got out of public housing, but still Manhattan was way too expensive. And so, you live with your mom? My mom, yeah. And your old man? We my parents were separated, like. I think when I was conceived, even you know, like oh, they, really? I was the last one. I'm the youngest, and he was out. He was gone. Yeah, <laughs> like, they were married, but he was gone. Yeah, and do you uh, have a relationship with him? Yeah. Oh, that's good. You know what's interesting what? is, I think it's because we're very similar people, but I get along way better with my dad. But I'm closer to my mom. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, me and my dad have never had like a falling out or argument or anything. Well, like, I mean, if you accept that he wasn't there. Well, How he you, was. He was. It's not that he wasn't. He was there. He wasn't right. in the house. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, well, that you that makes I mean? sense. That was the easier one. You love your mom because she took care of this. Yeah, there was probably like kind of that that weird like, all right, I'll do it. But your dad was more like, hey, no, uh, I don't know because me, like me and my mom, we would. I don't know. I guess. I guess maybe that's a good way to think of it. She took care of you, and he and you were able to have a good time with him. No, maybe Isn't that usually the way it goes. Maybe the one who's got to, you know, shoulder the burden of bringing the kid up, and you know that's where the love is. Oh, but I got, I've been kicked out of the house so many times. Like her? Yeah. For what? Oh man, I, I don't know. You know, yeah. I got, like, first time I got kicked out of the house, I was fourteen. Then I was. Wait, what? You just go to your dad's? I went to my sister's first. Then I went to my dad's. What'd you get kicked out for? Fourteen? I'm not going to school. Ah. <laughs> so that was going to make it better. Get out! Yeah, you yeah. Go to school, live in the street. Yeah, that was. I don't. I didn't understand the logic. Yeah, it was one of them things. Like my, you know, my my family background is like if you don't follow the rules, then you're out. Yeah, and we don't care how old you are. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, which is crazy to think now. Like I think a good god, fourteen now, but. Back then, I was like, "Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I guess, I guess it's time to go on my own, kind of thing." <laughs> right, fourteen. I so don't know. How old your oldest sibling? I was tall, if that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, my sis, my sister was twelve years older than me. The oldest sister? Yeah, well, that's not that much. And Tw- then there's, and then they come 20. down. Then there's how many? You're. I'm the last, so it's like. But there are how many it's brothers? 15, and it's sisters? fifteen, fourteen, oh, okay. twelve, ten, 
nine, eight, oh, and then okay. me. Oh, so there's a so big they're gap. way yeah, there's a huge gap. I was gonna say my parents were separated. Right when you when they had you when they had me. Oh, I see. So it was like uh, like a kind of uh, like you want to just try it. We're both lonely. I, I don't know. The cable was out or something. Yeah, right, I don't right, know what right. happened. <laughs> what are you doing? How's it going over there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know what happened. <laughs> uh, so you're getting thrown out of the house a lot or no? As a kid, I used to a lot. I was very like I, I thought I was older than I was. You yeah. know, I thought I was a little bit more. Uh, you know, I I just always thought I, I had my mind made up. If I was against something, I I could stand up. <laughs> I didn't stubborn. realize, yeah, super stubborn. Yeah, Taurus takes it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super so, stubborn. What? But you you didn't get fucked up. No, that's good. No, I didn't. That's good. What do you mean? Like high? I mean, like yeah, drugs or anything? No, 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 never. Fucking that. At least that. You thank your parents for that. Well, my dad was an addict. Oh, well, still an addict, I guess. But uh, he's been recovered for over thirty years. I oh, guess. yeah. But uh, or in recovery. Yeah, I don't know yeah, how to. Sure. I don't know the tenses for it. But but he's been in recovery sober, for, sober. for sober for as yeah. long as I know. But um, so I, I've always and also too like, you know, if you grow up in a neighborhood with a lot of drugs yeah. and all of that stuff, you there's kind of a fine line between people that use drugs even people who sell drugs yeah you know what i mean right. like you there's a hierarchy so the, it was it wasn't cool to do drugs in oh, my okay. community you right know what i mean in my yeah. neighborhood it was like oh you've crossed the line of drug addict kind oh, of thing. oh really yeah it was like a stigma because we lost okay. a lot of people you see sure. you know there's a lot of pain that came from that shit. so people knew it existed and they knew about it oh my god but they didn't you didn't want to do it you just the didn't want to be on the wrong side of it yeah if you sold you could get more respect selling drugs than doing drugs okay which is crazy because the destruction seems to be in the you seem to be marketing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 but but it's and it's just as addictive both are just as addictive which we didn't know but i i always stayed away from it just because of just from seeing, both well yeah just yeah. seeing the death seeing the it's so weird dude it, it was it was rough to watch growing up it, it, well I, when i lived down there because i that was like the first time i got sober yeah i moved down the lower side i came here to new york i'd been sober a little while and I just see these junkies come down. I'm like, and you see the same dudes every yeah. day, and you'd be like, "What the fuck?" You know, mm -hmm. they look terrible. They're sweaty. They're, mm -hmm. you know, just like ghosts, like zombies. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, "God damn, is this the best thing to see? Being sober, just see these fuckers all fucked up every day as a reminder." But it's weird how the, the junkie brain or the addict brain works. So because I'm, I'm about, I'm there about a year, and so it slowly starts to shift to like that shit must be really must be good. really good. Yeah, something. He's coming back. <laughs> He's like, looking like that. He's willing to give up everything. For whatever the fuck is in that yeah. doorway, <laughs> it yeah. must be not bad. Yeah, 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 it must be worth something. Yeah, but it's it's. I guess it's it's also different too. As a kid, you start to if you grow up in it, you start to see like your friends' moms yeah. or your friends. Oh, right, right, right. You know what I mean? Dads yeah. and family members and people who used to be you know normal, normal or yeah. not normal anymore, and then it's just like quick. Just a quick fall off. Yeah. Like, wow, where's her teeth? You know, right. all that stuff. That's it, right. shit like that. You, you know? got to deal with the kid all fucking angry and sad. And it's like getting bit by a zombie where you're like, oh, just wow. you want nothing to do with it. But you never saw your old man like that? No, never, never, oh. never. My dad, I think his his biggie was uh, booze. 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 Old school. Yeah. But you saw I mean, he definitely, you know, did what he did. I, yeah. But I think like his big one was booze but so did your siblings see him drunk 
Oh sure. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah definitely. Oh so that's probably that's interesting. You probably got the best version of the guy. Yeah, that's I did. I remember it's so crazy to say because I remember when I was a kid, I thought my dad was the nicest guy in the world. <laughs> yeah. And every time I would tell him that, he would get so embarrassed. Like, dude, you have no idea. <laughs> who you're talking to you know what i mean so don't don't ask your sister yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was just like a fun thing where i just thought he had low self-esteem right. i had no idea he had a history you oh, know you never asked your siblings about him i knew things yeah. but you know people aren't going to tell you bad things sure. about your dad when you're a kid a, when you're a kid yeah you know? yeah not till later yeah and then they tell later. you then they tell you that's the funny the statute of limitations on shit you shouldn't tell your kids runs out when you're like i think in your 60s <laughs> right yeah but i but it's, i don't think it was ever like even then it wasn't ever that he was a bad guy right it was just drunk it's just a fucking sick you know yeah fucked up guy it's just fucked up yeah it happens yeah i, I mean i know people like and, and it's funny the kids of uh of drunks go either way they either become a drunk or they become a complete control freak like, yeah, I'm not going to be a drunk. Oh, now, now boozing is, I, I could see it. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a rough one. Yeah. I try, I, try to, I try not to drink too much so that I don't ever have to quit. Yeah, right. You right. know what I mean? I'm trying yeah, to yeah. keep it. I'll take a couple of days off. Oh, really? Yeah. But you, <laughs> Just you, think, to make you like sure. it, though? I like, I like it a lot, man. Especially for, like, I feel like the way you start performing yeah. is what you become addicted to. The way it's almost like a like a baseball player socks, you know what I mean? Sure. Like on a hit streak, like you don't want to change a fucking thing. Yeah. So I I was doing comedy drinking starting yeah, out. Sure. And now it's like in the back of your head of have a drink. It's a ritual. It is. It yeah. all becomes a ritual. Well, Hang out at the bar, have a drink, talk with your friends, the do the set, shit on somebody, yeah. you know, go have another drink. Didn't he ride in that high? Yeah, yeah. I, I that know, there are guys high. that yeah, there are guys that can't do it without drinking. Yeah, but I I don't think like I know I've performed on everything. Yeah, but I, like I don't think I perform better. No, you know, no I, one does. Yeah, no one does. But I can understand the sort of like the one drink to get that to ease you into, you know, it probably make your first four minutes better. But then if you get another drink, I don't know. It just makes what you're willing to try better. Sure. It just sure. It's, a, it's a, like like you said. Like I think it's it's just a a slower start maybe only because of your apprehension of being sober thinking you can't do it. But it's all the fucking same. You yeah, got it yeah. all in you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And you wouldn't be that good if you needed to drink. Yeah, I don't I I can't imagine it anymore. I it's hard for me to but I definitely was doing it at some point. So when you when did you start doing stand up? I started like nine, like, I was 26. Oh, you were old. I was old, dude. Well, what the hell did you do before that? Man, a little bit of everything. I, I wanted to be a, I wanted to be like a, I didn't know, I knew I wanted to be an artist somehow, but I didn't know like what it was. You mean like anything from like painting? Anything to from opera painting singing? to, to <laughs> acting, to yeah, directing, yeah. to something. I just wanted to be in not cubicle world. When did you start doing something? I started, well, I went to art school at high school. I went to LaGuardia and- uh, Oh, that's that one that's down here? Yeah. The, well, no, it's up, it's up on uh, 65th and Amsterdam. So are, is, it that, is that the fame school? Fame school. You know, I ask everyone I've talked to who has ever gone there if that's the fame school, and I should know by now, but every time I ask, I'm completely earnest about it because yeah. I don't fucking remember. <laughs> but <laughs> so also, it. it's like fame's not a thing anymore. No, I, that's true. But, like I, but, a, but that's how everyone knew that. That's place. how everyone knows it. But it's like, if you ask anybody under 30, if you ask know. Chalamet who went there, is that the fame school? He'd be like, what? Like, yeah. he probably doesn't know what the fuck fame is, man. Was Chalamet from planet Earth? 
I don't know. I, I think he's a strange little he, guy. It's <laughs> He's a good dude. No, I, I mean, think, it's a good I dude. I don't know him. Dude. I don't know him. He seems like a good dude. He seems like a sweetie. I'm excited to see him get old. Yeah, it's going to be weird. <laughs> it's going to be weird. A little skinny mustache. <laughs> like a little French old man. Yeah. He's going to be He's gonna be all right, yeah. though. He, he's, yeah, he'll be all right. But this is his time. <laughs> this is it. This is his. He's new Leo. Yeah, he is. He might grow up to be Leo. Maybe, but Leo kind of like, like Chalamet has a different look than Leo. Leo was like like a troubled kid. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah guy, I got you. I he got looks you. like he's having a really good time. You I know, got you. Leo looked like the world was weighing on him a little bit. Chalamet just looks like nothing's going to hurt that kid. Well, famous last words in Hollywood. <laughs> nothing's going to hurt me. <laughs> so you went I think, I think Corey Feldman said that first. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. None of those child stars really kind of go the distance like Leo has. And he's still it's, so fucking It's rare. Good. It's rare. But he's when you see so it, it's, it's, I mean, we look at Keenan. Keenan's friggin' still going. He was a child star. Was he? He's oh, almost, that's right. Was he a You almost kid? don't even think of it. He's Who's Nickelodeon? Nickelodeon. And he's got nothing but funnier, that guy. Exactly. It's like the best, <laughs> <laughs> it's the best thing. Yeah. Keenan got so funny. Has he got so he's, confident? He's, he's so just, good. He's so funny. I can't imagine the show without him. Well, it's neither like, can working with him. Neither can anybody. Apparently. Yeah, neither can anybody. He's he's like it's incredible. But wait, so you go to that school, and what do you? What does it prepare you for? What are you doing there? Honestly, it's. I mean, you get your major. You get you know just art performance, you yeah. know, art and drama and all that shit. But so you're really, acting and stuff while you're there. No, I was doing painting. You were you were painting. I was doing fine art. Yeah, really. Yeah, like figurative painting. Yeah, you good. Yeah, no. But you, you I would have stuck with it if I was good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't yeah, that yeah. good. It yeah. was. Uh, I tried. I liked it, but I, I knew it was like not my first language. Uh huh. I knew I knew how to do it because I knew how to do something else, and I could. You know what I mean? It yeah, wasn't, yeah, It yeah, wasn't yeah. my first sport. You yeah, know? yeah. I knew comedy and performing was probably going to be the thing. I just was a afraid to do it. It did. So no, you weren't doing that in the, no, in the high school? No, I mean in the cafeteria. Yeah. Right, just for fun. Yeah. So when did you like? I just nutted up one day. I was broke. It was like but this. Oh, but it wasn't. It I got wasn't, fired. I got fired from some job. I think I was working at a car dealership. Wait. So you get out of the performance school, and all you do is paint and fuck around the. Uh, you do. I mean, you friend. had like I had like you know I was also twenty nineteen. Yeah. You know, so you do like odd jobs, fast food. Yeah, 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 yeah. Waiter, but bar that's back. six years. Oh, so you did all of them. Did everything in the city. Never no, in Jersey. Place. Oh, you were in, in Jersey. City. I moved to Jersey because it was way cheaper. I couldn't afford Manhattan anymore. But with, but your family was out there too, right? My family was in Jersey City. Yeah. And you were living in Jersey, working yeah. at restaurants. Living with my brother. Oh, what did he do? He was a barber. Still a barber? No, huh. I don't know what he does anymore. I think he's like a truck driver. <laughs> I think I think. Do you have his number? I do, I do, but I don't. I try not to ask people about their finances because it gets really expensive for me. But (laughs) you're the guy. It's never. It's never. I'm doing great. Don't worry about it. (laughs) You know. It's funny you should ask. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I think he's a truck driver though, if I'm not mistaken. Well, so you're living with your brother in New Jersey, working in restaurants. That's like that's. That's the that's the 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 petri dish of, of yes. desperation. Yes, that pushes somebody basement to basement apartment. 
Oh, basement that's, apartment. That's subterranean people. Yeah. yeah. No windows. Oh, shit. In New Jersey. <laughs> a lot of time to stew. Wow. So yeah. what, were you, what were you on the edge of? Depression. And yeah. Yeah, it was like I had to do something, man. I was like at some point, I was just, all I wanted was just try to not, to justify not going to college. Still at 20-something. At 20-something. You're, you're like, I still got to show the world yeah, well, yeah. because I had friends that were like already graduating and starting their careers and shit. Uh, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, I'm not, and they're uh, like, "What do you do?" That's the worst. What are you up to? Exactly. Um, well, we're all hanging out. We're all going to eat somewhere, and I got eight dollars for the week. And like, yeah, I can't yeah. do anything. It was embarrassing. Yeah, I, I know that feeling. It's, but you're so lucky that like at least you landed on a show that's pretty visible. Like, you know, even when I was doing well early on, my parents are like, I don't know that show. What what network is your show on? <laughs> IFC? Where is that? All right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I dealt with that. It never ended for me. I got lucky I got lucky in that way that it was it was a show <laughs> a that a known thing. Yeah. I swear to God, I just got an email or a text from my cousin. because uh, I just they just did a piece on me in People magazine. <laughs> And she goes, look what I found. And she took a picture of the piece. And she goes, I guess you really are a big deal. <laughs> Fucking I'm 58. Well, that, that's happened. That happens to me still, though. Like, I remember, like, five or six years ago, my mother called me. And she was like, I just saw you on a commercial. And I was like, a commercial? I'm on television. Every appointment television. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but a commercial. She, commercial she saw the it? commercial. Which though. one? It was like I think it was a uh, American Express commercial I did with like <laughs> Tina, that Tina like pretty much gave me. Which shout out to Tina Fey. Pulled you in. That she was really a while did, back, man. Yeah, it was a while back, but I really appreciated it. Yeah, those are good. So, all right. So, tell me about that first time. What the hell? Like you're you're in the basement. You decide to do comedy. Like who are you watching? What what made you think you could do it? I'm watching Tough Crowd. Yeah. I'm watching Jerry Seinfeld comedian. Mm. I'm watching uh, Howard Stern show. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really follow Opie and Anthony because I, I didn't know about it till later on. Yeah, and that's when it got uh, not great. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't because I didn't I didn't know about it then. Like just I you know I didn't drive. I didn't have a car or anything. Sure. So I didn't really have all that stuff. Howard Stern was still think I think was still free. I think it was still on K Rock. Right. I remember doing when I did O O and A. You just your your primary concern was like, am I going to be dragged into something that's going to be problematic? Yeah. You're like, is there is there going to be a porn star in here doing something horrendous, or am I going to be asked a a horrible racially loaded question well like i all i knew about o and a was they were like they had the uh the people have sex in the church oh yeah like yeah. that's what i knew about that's them. what that's what got them thrown off yeah and then after that it was like obscurity for them like i didn't know uh -huh. according to me you know what i mean like well, that's I, when they went to Sirius. that's right? when they went to Sirius. but right. i wasn't paying for a right, satellite right, right, radio right. so I, I thought they were Dead and gone, right. yeah, yeah. I only did it at Sirius, yeah. Yeah, so then, so, so at that time, it was for me. I, I really didn't know much about them. But who'd you like? Who were you following as? Comic? Oh my god, Patrice, yeah. you, Jim, Keith, Keith, Jim Norton, Keith Robinson, <laughs> uh, Geraldo, like all of those guys oh, were like. I, guys, yeah. I wanted to be one Tough of those guys. guys yeah. Loved them. Yeah, you know, uh, obviously Quinn. You I know. tell you, man, Geraldo and Patrice, I I miss them. Yeah, I miss seeing them. It was always good to walk in there and you know have 
you know, Patrice take your legs out from under you somehow. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Geraldo was so good. Yeah. So toddling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I saw. You know, it's so sad because like he was such a ballbuster. Yeah. And, and I and I always liked him. Like he he liked me, so I was okay. But I, the last time I saw him, he was blind. Yeah. I think the last time I saw him, he was blind. Yeah. Like it was in Montreal, and I I put him on an elevator. Like I an elevator right. it was like when these situations would open up. And I just saw Todd standing there looking away. I'm like Todd. He's like what. Like yeah. Mark Maron, he's like, oh, and I'm like, holy shit! So I had to bring him in the elevator. It's rough. It was rough, man. Really rough. People don't know him either, but he was one of the the great assholes. Yeah, <laughs> one of one of the all timers, <laughs> one of the all time assholes, yeah. famously. Yeah. So where do you first do it? How do you get the? I I, to do I, it? I started vetting. I started going hanging out at the cellar, like buying tickets to shows and shit, oh. or like the comic strip because oh. it would just be places that I'd hear them talk about. Sure. So you'd go. Yeah, but because I don't think you guys even realize, or maybe you do. But like you, that exposure to comedy yeah. was like the first time I ever saw comedy not in a theater, but like the working part of comedy, yeah, the, the gym the, part, yeah, the grind of yeah, it. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And one after another. Yeah, like yeah. to me, I thought, oh, you you write a special, you go to a theater, and yeah. you say what you wrote, and then that's yeah. how you do it. I didn't know it took years and years right. of noodling and right. 10 minutes right. at a right. time and dying and five play. times a day that kind right. of thing yeah, i didn't yeah. know that part right. but watching those shows and seeing that, I, that that documentary where where jerry's Canadian? like yeah where yeah. he's like coming back for me was like oh that's so it's it's it humanized it yeah. it made oh, me yeah, feel like sure. oh this is something you can work at and get right. good at this is the job yeah yeah you don't have to be eddie murphy immediately right almost right. nobody is you know and, what i mean and and sometimes it doesn't end well for people like it doesn't you're like <laughs> most oh. times but uh all right so you watch all that and you go into the shows when do you finally go up and and ask one of us like hey man never <laughs> never when i did when i did stand up, i went to the, yeah. I, I don't know if uh, man i don't know if you, do you even know this place Where? because i don't know how long it existed it was called the Comedy Corner. It was on McDougal. It was yeah. next to that restaurant. It's like the next block. Oh yeah, I knew it. it downstairs. Yeah, downstairs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did a I did an open mic there. They used to what have was this... the guy that, that hosted it, Morris something Morris or like no, a guy with glasses. The one I did, uh, a, a, a woman hosted it. Her name was Amy Carlson. It's a little tiny place downstairs. Tiny place now downstairs. Someone in the corner. It's like oh, yes. you didn't go to the cellar. You want to yes. come here? Yes. And uh, I, I did that open mic. They had an open mic. It was like five dollars. You had to pay. You have to pay five dollars and bring people. Nope, just pay five dollars, and if you get joke of the night, you get your five dollars back. Joke of the night. Who decides that shit? The host. Oh, so just somebody who can't get work at the cellar decides whether or not you're good. I'm so I'm so bad. I understand. They're probably nice people, and they you know they probably were pretty reasonable. It was you wanted that five dollars. I will tell you that you wanted it back. You damn sure right. You wanted that shit back. <laughs> you wanted that five dollars back because that was a, that was a whole other mic. I know. That's you know a, what I mean? That's a good testament to the scene at that time. Was that like you really wanted to win it? Yeah, you did. Of course you did. You just want to be the funniest guy in the night. You don't want to be the funniest guy ever. You just want to be the funniest guy <laughs> on the $5 show. Five dollars back. So who was? Do you remember who was doing shows with you? It would be like uh, Namesh Patel, Jared Freed. Jermaine Fowler, huh. Kevin Barnett, late Kevin Barnett, Mark Norman, yeah, uh, Mike Lawrence. Mike's uh, funny, huh? Yeah, yeah. You'd see Mark's like, funny uh, too, actually. 
I just saw Mike. You got like they, I haven't like, seen Mike in years. He's he's all right. He's good. They have a baby, I think. They he's married. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's writing. Uh, I, he used to open for me. Well, that guy was like, you know, to be as profoundly nerdy as him, and then just <laughs> and to be able to fucking swing that fucking dick like he did to, yeah. to do jokes. Yeah, go up for anybody. And well, do it. It would be like that. It would be like you start to meet guys that were that are around. Yeah, and then they'd start telling you about better rooms where you don't have to pay sure. better yeah, rooms. Yeah. Where you yeah, could, yeah. you know, they start booking shows, and everybody has their own back of barroom show or yeah. whatever. And uh, then you, after a while, you develop somewhat of a reputation, and the next thing you know, you work. Yeah, because people are like that guy's good, and someone brings you out with him, and you open. Also, doing them kind of nerdy rooms was good if he was black and good, because they wouldn't have that many black guys. Yeah, working those circuits, so you could get a lot of stage time. Yeah, right. I don't know how guys get good in, in other cities where they're getting up once a week. You, well, I don't know that you do that easily. I mean, when I started, it was just open mics, real like clubs. Yeah, there were none of those rooms. But I mean, how, you were getting up every day. Well, when, once I started working, sure. But at the very beginning, I guess like I kind of got, I I started out weird because I came in, I was up in Boston, mm -hmm. and I was doing open mics, and I was at the comedy store for a while. But then I was, came in second in this contest, and I just got thrown into working. Yeah, they had all these regional gigs. All over New England. They'd send you out, a two-man show, opener did a half hour, headliner did 45. Sometimes you had to drive the guy. But that was how I started. It was like right abruptly from mics and small sets to like fucking fill in a half hour one way or the other in some shitty fucking bowling alley Yeah, bar. Yeah, yeah, totally. That was the way I did it. But here it was like, yeah, it was but all you, those mics. It, it's, it's pretty much the same. It's just we had so many open mics. Right. And so many comedians had their own kind of rogue shows. That's right. And then once you once you start to, because there were still guys that's, that were doing like those kind of bar shows and all of that shit for 10 years or so. Right. And then got in the clubs. Yeah, right. Or couldn't, couldn't get clubs. You know what I mean? And So how did it go? How did it play out for you? Were you just always doing what you writing jokes? I got, I was. Or were you talking about yourself? Was no, always I, jokes? I, I, you always start out writing jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You always you yeah. always think you're really yeah. a good joke writer until you realize yeah. you're not. Then I realized I kind of figured out that being comfortable on stage was more paramount than writing jokes. True. So I learned how to just be on stage and look like I knew know what I'm doing. Right, well, and to then say the that jokes come. The first ten years or so of your is just a. Uh, like 80% of your energy goes into pretending like you're not afraid. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and then the next 10 uh, sounds, just try not to sound like who you sound like. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually you become you some way. And then, some, and then the part of you that lives up there. Exactly. Anyways. Yeah. Exactly. So when do you start getting paid? Uh, About three years. In to, to open mics? About three shit. years into doing like bar shows and stuff, I started doing clubs pretty regularly which club well i it all kind of happened at the same time i uh -huh. started doing carolines i started doing uh i got carolines eastville, eastville. and uh yeah marco no i know that place if the sound wasn't so horrible there i would have i would have played there more uh like playing in a, was it, it? Was kind of like a bathroom wasn't all like heart? Yeah, I guess it was kind of <laughs> like it was because I think it was like a lot of tile. A and tile, shit. yeah. yeah. Tile. I guess I never. I'm weird paid about attention sound. to that. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, you're you're right. So, okay, so you started doing those rooms. The, the cellar. Kind of B, oh, you started doing the cellar. I got the cellar last. Me and too. Eight the, years in. And the, yeah, 
I didn't get to sell her till she saw my HBO half hour. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I can't. I can't relate to that. Esty loved me immediately. Well, she. I. Well, what I fail to understand is that people understand me better than I think they do. Mm. Like you know, because she's like, "You're too angry," and I'm like, "No, I'm not." Which, you know, is, which is a nice way to say that respond. you're not being funny. Well, yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I was saying. <laughs> no, I know, but that's what she was saying, and uh, she was right so? in retrospect. Yeah, because like I, because that that room is to not, me angry is funny. It is if you're angry, funny. But right. if you're just angry and it just lands as anger, yeah. people are going to be like, I don't know. Fair enough. But you know, to be, I'm yeah, I'm I'm dark and angry. But it took a while for me not to do it as a fuck you, right? You know what I mean? It was a defense mechanism. Angry, tired is funny. T- Cranky, angry, cranky, tired. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. That's that's. But that funny. that took me a long time to relax into. But I think she, ultimately, a lot of these people were right to not give me breaks or to criticize me because, you know, it, I thought I was doing something. Like I thought I was saying something. Yeah. But they're like, well, do the be funny first, and you right. Know. Yeah, I could do it. I'm being hard on myself. You, you what do you mean? You can do it. You you do it. I I did it. Yeah, I've been out there. I'm not even taking an Oprah anymore. I'm just. Going out there and doing an hour and forty-five. What did you go like Europe or something? Like, no, what? I've been. I was in. I just did Terrytown, Boston, Portland, Maine, and Providence, Rhode Island. But I mean, what stopped you from uh, opening? I mean, having an opener. I just like I got tired of uh, like I. It was one of these things. I think it was in order to um, make right something in my past. Whereas, like, I just was. I, I'm like, all right. The part of me that had to learn how to do comedy by book. Going up cold in shitty fucking yeah, rooms. Yeah. Like, I feel pretty good now. I've got the time. Right. You know, they're here to see me. Right. Why drag it out? No, 100%. I was just, I'm, I'm curious about this because I was just talking to uh, Gerard Carmichael about yeah. the same exact thing. And he was saying, he's like, why, do, why? I don't need an opener. Like, he doesn't use an opener anymore. And I was just like, but I, I remember not using an opener when I would do the UK. Right. Whenever I would go to Europe, I yeah. would, like wouldn't have an opener, right? And I would just just well, they have just a different, go up. Yeah, they have a whole different thing, like understanding of theater there. That's normal there. Yeah, they they'll let you launch into a story to start your show in America. That's got to be a lot trickier, right? No, but that but if you think about it, that's only because we came up in the context of stand up. Uh huh. So we came up in this context. Where you just you bring someone with you, you're giving someone an opportunity. Right. The opening slot is to sort of get everyone situated, right. get the audience focused. But the truth is, is they're there to see you. They're right. focused. Right. The idea that they may not all be seated—that's another problem. Right. So, like, I've had to deal with that a couple of times. Yeah. Well, I, I'll just go out, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me? You guys can't get here on time." Oh, you thought there was going to be opener? Well, now there isn't. Right. I'm doing the. T- this is the opening slot. Yeah. And in a way. You can do. You can start off by fucking like landing it like that, and then I'm just trying to. Most of my audience is, you know, older, you know, kind of grown up people. I don't got any real fucking yahoos or anything, so I just want it to be like an evening with, as opposed to like, you know, here's a new guy who's gonna, you know, close with everything he has and then bring me up. It's interesting how, like, to me, uh, I don't know if this is too heady, but. Your career plays out the way your set plays out sometimes. 
Yeah, fragmented, like, inconsistent, yeah. up and down. You you kind of you kind of start out a little bit faster to win them, oh, and then yeah, as exactly. the set goes on, yeah. it starts to slow down, and you yeah. start to launch into. And yeah. I feel like That's you're true. at a point in your career where you're like, I don't need, I, yeah. I don't need to do the dick joke now. I've yeah. I've done that a million times. Now I could just launch into that hour, two hour sit chunk, down. sit down, right, and take my time. I don't need the open. It's that's where you're at. It's almost like jedi level shit though right well that's that's how i'm thinking about yeah, it. yeah it's very impressive yeah. here's the other thing it's like if i'm gonna do an hour and a half yeah and i'm my audience is mostly grown-ups they're gonna get to a point where they're like okay this was good but he could have ended yeah a little bit like yeah, I, I totally said, even doing an hour 45 i said it the other night because i felt it happen i'm like oh you guys are like i looked at my watch i'm like i could have ended like 20 minutes ago it would have been yeah, great yeah, yeah. now you're all gonna walk out going like wow that was, you know. That got long. Yeah. <laughs> Is he okay? Exactly. I feel like he didn't want to go home. Right. I feel like he, was a, he didn't want to go to the hotel. I don't know. So... But that's uh, also when you have an older audience, time is a lot more valuable. It is, and they, and they and they get tired, but they've they've been good. I'm just sort of like. I think what I'm I'm trying to say and what the truth is is like I'm having a good time. They're there to see me. If I ramble or if I, if it's loose because I like to improvise and shit. That's what they cares? want. Exactly. That's what Fuck they want. It. But you like but you sit down. I, I watch your last special. I don't usually sit down though. No. I I don't know why I did that. Because you're it's time. It was time to sit. I just I just I just saw a stool and I just started sitting. I, I wanted I wanted the audience to I feel like people listen different the way That's based right. on the way you perform. If you sit down, you can bring them in, no matter how big yeah. the room is. Yeah, it becomes I just wanted an it to feel space. a little bit more intimate. It's almost more control. I wish I would have done it in a smaller venue, personally. I was surprised. It was big. Which was that? It wasn't the Fox. It was, Fox. It was bigger. It was the no, Fox. No, it was Fox, but yeah. it was. I just I wanted to do it in like a five hundred seat. Yeah, that's like where, a club kind of. That's what I like to. That's I like to perform in. Yeah, five to eight. And then, like, I always say, I don't know what it is about 500 seats, but to me, that's where great. I have the most fun. You keep it and intimate. You, I've played giant places. 500 is where it's the most fun. Because you don't have to change your timing. You don't have to change your pacing. Like, mm. you get up around 900, you got to wait. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. But, like, uh, and also the new special opened with the big dick closer. I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't what that was another one. I was it's supposed to be a throwaway joke, <laughs> right? And I just started with it. I don't know why. It was great. It was, it funny was a, it was a like, very strange. Well, the, of, the old kind of thought was with the 80s style was like he closed with the dick jokes. No. You the, you're like, he's coming right in, coming in hot with the dick stuff up front. Yeah. But it was important because I think in the middle of the newest special, you know, what you were really working towards was that turn where you were like, where is the line? Right. So, like, you had to make sure you had laid some pretty good groundwork to see what they would take. So, by the time you said, oh, is that the line, you'd crossed it, whatever it was, before, and they really had no recourse, right? In yeah. A way. I was trying to take uh, – oh, thank you. I, I, I appreciate that you even watched it, first of all. But I, I do think, like, I was trying to take what seemed like an obvious joke, just make it a little – a little bit more thoughtful <laughs> yeah and then I, I i do think that the line gets blurred the more thoughtful you are or the more you let people think yeah you know like if you if you exactly if you didn't qualify that joke 
no. the R. Kelly joke. If you didn't qualify it at all, right? And and just and do the you know so one's harder to clean thing. Yeah. <laughs> like if you didn't sort of make it, you know, cute, right? You know, you would it would have been problematic, right? <laughs> just just take one more second to think about it. Yeah, no, I like it. Yeah. I like that. I like those kind of jokes, and I like that you know we can still do that kind of stuff. It's fun. It's I, I get kind of weirded out. Oh, I get a, a. I hate when people, especially comedians, like we always like to make our job seem more complicated and yeah. difficult than it is because we're stealing money. But I do think that it's something that rubs me the wrong way about people saying jokes you can't do. It's like, yeah, you can you can do it. You can always do you it. You can always fucking it's do it. It's just like, man. you know, if it if it goes sideways, you just got to prepare to shoulder the burden. Then it went sideways for you. No, I'm saying it's it's it. That's what happens when it goes sideways, and it then it went sideways for you. Yeah. But you did the joke. Yeah, they didn't they didn't take you off in handcuffs like Lenny Bruce. You right. know, like he it's, could. Yeah, it wasn't not, that. <laughs> it's not that they and didn't like, they didn't try to uh, set your house on fire like Dick Gregory or something like that. Like it's no. it's literally the stuff that any of us can say, and certainly some of the stuff you were saying. You know, that was that would have got you in life threatening trouble, but sure. not. Yeah, it was not. It, but that, but then in in that climate, you know, it wasn't canceling. It was you know burning your house, lynching, yeah, shooting sure. somebody. Yeah. So the progress has been made. Tons of progress <laughs> has been made. This is the greatest job in the world, man. We get to watch people laugh at us. It's but I awesome. can't. I really have a hard time with this culture of like uh, anti woke. You know, like this panic around cancel culture because a lot of those dudes that as a point of view yeah. is hack. Absolutely, it's hackneyed, and it, it's these guys Absolutely. who are saying like they can't get work because of it's like I bet you it's for something else. <laughs> if that's why you were getting work in the first place, it's then not. your time is up. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not. It was. It was never. Or else you're just going to be with those people. Exactly. That's the other thing. It's like you want to talk like that. Go hang out with the people that talk like that. And there's people that can make a living doing. Of it. course. Yeah. Like it's also. You can't have everything. No. It's not going to be everything <laughs> but it's also like i think what we were talking about before in relation to this and you know in acknowledging the time it takes to learn how to write and then the time it takes to land in your own skin that if you're coming from your heart and 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 you're genuine and you and you're decent yeah you know you can kind of do whatever you want because you're going to balance it out naturally right 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 but if you're if you don't know where your heart is and you're just trying and you haven't resolved some of your issues yet you're gonna you'll be doing stuff for the wrong reason it's so hard to do though you know what? Well, just finding out where your heart really is. I guess is. so. I guess, but as a performer, on some level, if you're that kind of performer, it probably pays off to do it. It absolutely and does. I, I don't know if he can do it on purpose. Some guys are fucked up. Yeah. Especially in this field. <laughs> For sure. Isn't it? But, but it's, it's all right. Is that telling that we picked the job where most fucked up people thrive? <laughs> well, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things. You know, we obviously don't fit in one place and we don't want to do it a certain way and we want to get away with something and we don't like listening to other people or being told what to do. It's like you're going to, there's like, there's in back in the 80s, there's this whole range of people that just hit the road that were yeah. running away from the government, running yeah. away from ex wives, running away from prison time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like uh, it was like the preaching racket. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, like carnies. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. But we're our own carnival. Yeah. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. The, the circus is in town. It's one guy. <laughs> <laughs> and they just threw him out of the hotel he was staying at. <laughs> what is it for you? What? What is it? What's what's the ceiling of 
of the line of joy. Oh, geez, joy. When you're for when you're. Oh, when I can when get you're one working. thing. When I can get like when I leave enough room for myself to have freedom of my mind enough to because I I feel all my jokes are delivered to me on stage. Like I go up with ideas and they kind of form on stage mm. over time, over talking, and I always add things. So if 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 something is delivered to me, I'm like. I don't know where they comes from. Yeah. It comes from being in the position to be funny. So the like it happened the other night. Like I was talking about uh about how some people have great relationships with their mothers, yeah. you know, and I just talk about like I would never I, I don't want to call my mother. I don't want to talk to her. I don't have kids. There's no reason for me to really engage with that yeah. much. And I, and I sort of do a phone call. Like I, I make fun of a phone call with her. And then I said, there are these people that like they, they have problems. Yeah. They call their mother. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Here's how that would go. And I go, hey, mom, I, I'm, I'm in a little bit of trouble. And she says, do you want to call me back? <laughs> and that came from nowhere. And I'm like, right. thank you. Right. Great. New bit. Yeah, no. That's <laughs> that's wow, God! I'm a lot like your mother. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, yeah, I, you know, I don't like to hear people's problems. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. I mean, it depends what they want from me, you know. Sometimes you just gotta listen, and then it's done. I'm a good listener, but I can't. I, but I'm not a solution guy. I'm not a solution guy. What, well, what's the ceiling for you? The joy for performing. Yeah. What do you? What do you I think it's the same. I think it's uh, it's finding something new. It's yeah. like it's the discovery of something that wasn't there before. Right. That's been there the whole time. Right. And and what and then bringing it to the next audience. Right. So it's almost like can it work? They give us the bit kind of because yeah. we don't really know it's a bit until they say sure. you know until they hear it. Yeah. yeah and respond. Yeah. And you're like, ooh, there's something here. Yeah. And then bringing it back to them, they're like, whoa, you know, it's it's kind of strange. Why well, did it take on the Will Smith thing that I don't think anyone did? And <laughs> you know, I was like so thrilled with it because I didn't want to talk about it really. It, to me, it was all terrible. Yeah. It was just terrible. It was awful, the guy ugly. It. It was and I think terrible. to everybody, it felt like. And uncomfortable it was like watching somebody's parents fight where you're like i don't want to yeah. see this yeah and 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 the entire community of hollywood act like abused children yes don't do any don't look don't say anything. yeah literally yeah literally just then, everyone's put their heads down and ate their dinner right and then denzel and tyler they they group around him to pray it's like they're all weirdos they're all weird when the fuck did tyler perry get such good seats at the oscars yeah. what has tyler perry done that got him <laughs> front lot. row at the oscars <laughs> next to denzel and Will Smith. He's done a lot, and he just hasn't been given any credit for it. So they just keep giving him better seats. Imagine watching Oscar. It's like, oh yeah, and then Ernest had to talk to Tom Hanks and calm him down. <laughs> Ernest, what, <are> you <laughs> what the fuck is Ernest doing at the Oscars? You know Ernest. <laughs> oh, but my take was just that, like, look, as a guy that for my entire life and to this day, there's part of me inside yeah. that just wants to fuck everything up. Yeah, and I've got to be in constant conversation with that guy. <laughs> Like I just sort of like, I gotta keep him kind of yeah. you know like he'll be he's like come on I'm like no 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 so like for That's thirty years so fucking true for thirty years you know Will Smith was the nicest guy in Hollywood and you know on the biggest night of his life he do it and I just said you got to respect that self sabotage long game yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh like, god right? it was like that was that was the t that was everything he was working for in his entire life and. Boom, he slapped the clown. And like, I'm not, I'm, Chris is going to be fine. I don't think Will's going to be, I don't think Will's going to be fine. That, he's going to be always the guy that does that now. 
Now he's Sean Penn. Yeah. Like for just <laughs> he went. But isn't that crazy how you can be so good for so long and when you do something when you do one thing wrong, that becomes what you're known for as opposed to somebody who does a but little not, wrong all the time? That's right. That's right. Where it's like, oh, he's that. He's well. Of course, that guy did that. Yeah. When you're not the guy that does that, and and it's like you really do it. Yeah. You're like, oh my god. Like I always thought, that's why Trump will beat Hillary Clinton a hundred times out of a hundred because they see him as honest. He's really who he is. Yeah. Like to me, Hillary was like, she was like a she was like a white suit with like. A ketchup stain on it. Yeah, where like all you see is the stain. Right. Well. Right. And Trump. Even, even Trump was like, like a guy with ketchup all over him. Yeah. And you're like, and he's telling everyone he's not. It's not ketchup. Yeah. And you're <laughs> like, all right, this guy just like it must be the yeah, suit. Yeah, it yeah, must yeah, be the. Yeah, yeah. It must be a pattern. I did this on purpose. Yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, he must have, because who would have that much ketchup all over him? I get it. Like the, the, he is what he is. He is what he is. <sighs> I couldn't believe that thing, to be honest with you. I just couldn't believe watching it. Watching it, I didn't I see it. it. I, I saw was, it in real time. I didn't and I was see like it. Half watching, you know, doing other shit. It's one of those moments where it's like, if Chris had just said, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Yeah, it would have been an entirely different thing. Yeah. Well, the the worst part was they made him give out the award still. Well, Could I mean, you imagine how little of a fuck you have to give about somebody? Did they, did they make him? Oh, he just finished, he kept reading the prompter. Right, but what? what you what, think if Tilda Swinton would have got slapped, they would have they would have just let her read the prompter? No, I know, I know, but I don't know what that. I don't think anyone knew what to do. It was like nine eleven. They would have known what to do if it was anybody else. Right. They would have known what to do if it was. So you're saying was, they're like it's between them. Let's just, if Julianne Moore got slapped in the face, yeah. She would not be reading the prompter afterwards to give out the next award. They would have dumped a commercial. Something would have happened. They would have apologized to everybody watching. Somebody would have came out and said, I'm so sorry about the actions of whoever the fuck did that. We don't tolerate that. It would have been a huge to-do. Right. This mother, they didn't cut the commercial. They made him give out the award for best director. I thought, like, it's the one thing, though, as a comic, I kind of knew, as a comic who's been tackled on stage before, like, all you're thinking in that moment from years of experience is like, I don't want to look like an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't split my pants. Please, please don't split my pants. Somebody just slap you. I got to keep, I got to somehow stay, you know, I did. Fucking insane how little regard they show for Chris Rock, who is, by the way, by the way, if anybody did a Mount Rushmore of stand-up comedy yeah, and yeah. put Chris Rock there, no one would scoff. Of course not. He absolutely has a yeah. place there. And he walked he walked backstage alone. Alone. And, and it was sort of like, yeah, that's what the comic does. He's the most beloved comedian possibly of this generation. Yeah, it's crazy. And that could happen to him on television. I thought it was gross. I thought it was Fucking it's just, awful. It's just, it, was, it was just so gross. It was disturbing. fucking awful. Disturbing. Yeah. Imagine he slapped Steve Martin. I don't know what would have happened if it had been He anybody. would have been sprayed with a fire hose. I don't know what I don't know what the fuck happened inside that dude's head. I do not know. I don't know. It, but it was, I, I swear to God, it wasn't about the joke. No. It just, it just it had nothing to do with the joke. It doesn't make comics any less safer. No. It doesn't. We. It's. It's just. I've never felt safe in my life. There has never been. No. A year yes. My, that's. That's a great point. Yes, I agree with that one hundred percent. Like I go on stage, especially when I'm doing politics in the fucking middle of nowhere. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm giving a fake name at the hotel. Yeah. I don't want. I want to know if there's security at the club. I don't know what the fuck is in there. One hundred percent. 
Like all these comics were like, you know, sort of like, I'm concerned for myself. It's like, I have always been concerned. Yeah, absolutely. I've always known it could go that way. Mm Mm-hmm. But when you're Chris Rock at, exactly. the, Oscars, at the Oscars, you don't you think God that, damn, if ever there was a safe place. Exactly. <laughs> that's 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 who has to be afraid now. Motherfucker. It's crazy. We should boycott as comedians boycott award shows. Well, I, they're not asking me, so I, I should, <laughs> I'm not the top of the list. I might be now. Maybe it's gonna open yeah. up something for me. Yeah, you might <laughs> any comics willing to take a punch. Yeah. We want you to give out these awards. Oh, but I see. I learned something from you, though. Like I went, to, I I just happened to be at the uh, fucking Emmys because Glow was up for Emmys when you and Colin hosted. Oh yeah. And and I'd never really been to one of those shows because there was never a reason to go. And when I watched that, I'm like, oh, this is the worst job in the world. It sucks. <laughs> It they're just they're sitting sucks. up there you can't make an audience out of an audience you've got to pretend like the audience isn't there it's, you've got to play to the camera no matter what's going on in the room and the room's way too big to manage i it, can't and you can't and and you're out there with someone else well yeah well at least that that must have been at least good no, no? i i think it, it was it made it harder it oh it did it harder well because you're, you're doing bits well someone's talking and then it, we're not doing bits together right he's doing bits and then i'm doing bits. right so it's like it wasn't like banter, or right. we could just be on an island kind of thing. Yeah. We were just kind of running monologue jokes. We were kind of doing update style jokes, yeah. but standing flat footed in front of Hollywood, which is just I, I just I I couldn't do it. It it, it wasn't it was something I didn't want to do it. I, I tried to get myself out of it at least thirteen times. Yeah, uh, I couldn't. Yeah, <laughs> and then there's a Lauren. Well, it was a network thing. Yeah. I think they just sure. really wanted us to do it. They had and their heart set. And I, I was being kind of a team guy. Yeah. Uh, but um, it it taught me a lot, though, like as far as, I don't know. It it it, it was one of those things of like, well, I'll, I'll go with it because everyone wants to do it. Yeah, it's not, you might as well try it if you got the opportunity. But I... I I didn't want to do it. It seems so hard. Like that's one. It's thing. not even so hard. It's just like we were talking earlier. It's just like some people look better at that kind of thing. Right. And right. To me, it's like, well, if I'm going to do that show, yeah. then I want to do it the way I would do it. Right. You know what I mean? I don't want to do it the way the network needs it to be. To me, it feels like you're performing at someone's wedding, where you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. If I can't speak from my heart, then I shouldn't say anything. I don't want to MC a wedding. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Weird job. It's a very strange job. Yeah, I don't uh, like. That's one thing I've grown to appreciate more from you know what people I know or from opportunities I haven't really had or I've tried. Like, like I I would I would panic. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. No, no, hell no. You'd be so competitive and and like and ready to to lock in. You wouldn't. You you'd think you would be until you get out there and then you're just doing jokes, but. The kinds of jokes that we would we have to do for that kind right. of thing yeah. is just not exciting. Right. right. I would if I'm going to do it, I would want to do it and be excited about what I'm doing. Sure. Right. Like like when, you know what when, I'm saying? when Kimmel or Rock hosts the Oscars, it's kind of it, engage. Yeah. Like when Gervais does the Golden Globes. It's a lot different. Back. Yeah. You, 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 it's a lot different. You, you for you. This felt like to me like. It felt like a corporate gig of just like a... Shit. Eh, mm. So what about this? Uh, you've done how many of those, the damn Michael Che shows you've done? Five? We did six last year. We got six more this year. That's great. It's the perfect amount 
but you, I mean, the show's good. Like you oh, can thank you. En- engage but, engage all the stuff you like to do. Yeah, it's it's a perfect amount of uh, it was a perfect amount to do only because it's like <sighs> sketch is so like consuming. It's like you know you got to write like thirty little pilots <laughs> to yeah. do a scene. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because they're all just ideas that live on an island kind of thing. Sure, and you got to you got to pull them from the air and figure out how to, you've got to, to establish establish a premise and yeah. get to a punchline. But th- in each show, though, a like you bunch know, of it's different not times. essentially a, a sketch show. It's like some monologues. Some yeah. This is a little style. bit this this uh, this season is a little bit more sketch. Like oh, we yeah? have a lot we have a lot more kind of proper sketches or whatever. This is kind of the show that I wanted to do the last time. But did, couldn't find. But is it? It's still theme driven. Yeah, it's still theme driven. There's, it's, uh, it's looser. I think it's more fun personally. And but who, who do you got with you writing? Uh, Gary Richardson. We got a lot of people that we had last year. We had Gary Richardson, Reggie Conquest, Kevin Iso, Rosebud Baker. Uh, we had Yamanika Saunders. Um, Rosebud just got hired SNL, right? Rosebud just got SNL. ISO's got, you know, Flatbush Mr. Mina. He has his own show. Reggie's working on a show. Like, everybody's kind of, it's kind of a fun time. Like, all my friends are. And you started as a writer over there, right? At SNL? At SNL, I started as a writer in 2013. After you did stand up for a while? After I did stand up for a little while. Did you have to audition for uh, Lauren to write? No. I came in as a guest writer. They was doing this guest writer program where they was asking two writers to come in every week or so every couple weeks who pulled you in jost oh oddly enough how'd he know you stand up i was doing uh we were doing um hannibal's show at knitting factory on sunday nights and he was like yeah you ever think about writing sketches and i was like i don't know nothing about sketches he's like you should come in and he brought me in yeah so you guys have been together is that when you met him no i knew him from stand-up he was just like a guy i knew from stand-up and uh, he we was just were, a schlubby stand-up like was, the rest of us. He well, no, he was head writer at SNL. Oh, at the time, yeah. Well, I didn't know. I don't. I, you know, I, I didn't really him starting as a stand-up. He yeah, I, he started at SNL. He was at SNL before he did stand-up. Right. Okay. That's cheating. That's cheating for sure. <laughs> He's doubling down. <laughs> but by the time I met him, he was head writer of SNL already. Okay. Okay. And it was him and him and Seth. Yeah. Yeah. Not a stand-up either, but an improv guy. Improv guy. Yeah. And crazy prolific writers like insanely prolific yeah. sketch writers yeah like so if th- you, that's if how you, they that's if, how they think oh my god if you like if you name the top 50 or your top 50 favorite snl sketches of the past 20 years seth and colin probably would make up half the list no shit yeah, you wouldn't even know but like probably i would imagine like their names would be on like half of them yeah i wouldn't even know how to write start writing a sketch you, it's easy. Yeah, it's for stand ups, it's easy. Is it? Yeah, I have a hard time writing anything. That it's hard to write a lot that it's, doesn't involve me immediately. Like you know, if I'm not part of it. How about this sketch? I do this. Well, Larry David wrote. He didn't work, but he wrote there. <laughs> he's, he's close, close to that. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I, I think like it, it is a. Well, what did he tell you? What did Colin tell you when he said it's easy and you go in there? Seth is the one that actually told me why he was like well comedians always ha- are like rich with premise yeah and we know how to punch up like right. we know how to make right. shit you know 
so even if you don't have a sketch in, you could always help a sketch with just jokes and what would be funny to have oh, yeah. next kind of thing. Yeah, we we you you write sketches. Everything you you just said like five different sketches right. while we were talking sure. right now. Yeah. Okay. You think in sketches. It's just a way to. It's just a different way of thinking. It's just you think of it from what your perspective. You, yeah. You just all, all you have to do is just start thinking about what else is what everybody else is doing, and boom, you got a sketch. How long did you write there before you got the offered the gig? Two years, two two and a half years, I think. And how did it come down to you and Jost? I think Jost wanted to do it with me, and I think he. They, Warren said, "You want to do update to Jost?" And Jost well, said, Jost was already doing update. Oh, okay. It was with, Jost uh, and Cecily, oh, right? Cecily. And I think Cecily, they wanted Cecily to be more in sketches. Yeah. And uh, they were looking at combinations right. for Jost. I think yeah. Jost wanted to do it with me, and I think. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I think I think Lauren took the risk. And uh everybody's happy? Not for a while. <laughs> <laughs> not not till about two or three years in, then everyone got a little bit less less scared. Well, and then, really? And then like Because of what you were writing? Or what no, it, it was just not it wasn't working. We didn't have any chemistry. Like I I didn't know what I was doing. Like, yeah. It was it was fucking rough. You feel better now? I feel... No. <laughs> you never feel... I feel better. You don't yeah. feel good. How much of the jokes that you're doing do you guys write? Uh, well, it depends. I mean, now it's it's to a point now where we have so much chemistry with the writers. Yeah. That like... The guy who... The, you have update guys. Yeah, we have update so writers. So it's like monologue guys. Yes. Yes. Yes, but... At this point now, it's like... Right. You're just sort of like, what if we do it this way? That one's yeah, good. Let's right. try that one yeah. in rehearsal. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's fun. Pete it's Schultz fun. and Josh Patton and Megan Callahan Shaw, like, they've written so much shit. <laughs> like, it's, it's crazy. So, it's so fun to, like, have jokes written and they're good jokes and you're like, I want to try this. But they write... Like, they they've, they figured out how to write like literally in our brains yeah you know what i mean which yeah. is like yeah you can't learn that in two or three years right that comes from being together for so long that we we kind of know how to write which like we are always we're constantly texting each other so like we'll write texting. You? yeah we'll be texting and the next thing i know there's a joke in the frame of what we were writing oh that's great you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah. or they'll have something i'm like oh this i need this this is fucking perfect and yeah then, yeah oh, that's great and then we'll you know then i'll just read it Sometimes I don't need to do anything to it. It's just perfect. That's great. So, yeah, it's interesting. So now what what happens? You're doing the HBO thing. Like, what do you want to do? Are you doing it? Are you all done? <laughs> no, man. I, I want to do more stand-up. I, I miss stand-up. Someone, did someone just tweet that or DM me that you just hosted an open mic in, like, Minneapolis or something? Yeah. What the <laughs> fuck is that? I was doing a college in Minneapolis, <laughs> and I always hate doing colleges because... They're kids. They're. It was a. It was kids, but it's also like. Yeah, it's weird. No, it's I. Weird. I never get asked. It's, it's like never. anytime people are like, "It's great. It's a college town." I'm like, I, "They're not coming to see me." Yeah, I don't, yeah there's I don't a very certain it. type of young person that comes to see me. It's a young person that I was like, an angry, overly intelligent yeah. you know, young person that's too sensitive to get along with other young people. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just I can't imagine playing for them because you forget. You know, that it's like the ones that come to those shows, they, they can't drink yet. So a lot of them, they're like 18, 19 years old. Right. 
Yeah, and it's also like just a just from a frame of reference of life experience. Right. It's, That's right. It's not quite. Yeah. 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 They're kids. I I said I said transvestite one time at a college, and you would have thought I smeared doo doo on the American flag. Like it, they looked at me like that word was the. And I was like, wait a minute. That's supposed to be an okay one. It's, right? That's <laughs> not a crazy word. It yeah. literally just yeah. means dressing in what, different gender clothes. But isn't like that what trans is short for? No. Now oh. it's gender and sexual. But oh. it's not vestite. Vestite is done oh, and it. gone. Vestite's over? No more vestite, <laughs> apparently. I looked it up because I, I got scared. I was like, "Did I had no idea this was like Am a, I done? a trigger. Am I finished? I, was, I thought I was, that may be finished now but yeah. literally looked it up and i was like oh no it's like an italian word for clothes vestite mm. or so is that old word for cross-dressing it's an old word for cross it's an outdated term for cross-dressing transvestite that's Got all it. it is but they had never heard it so they just knew it was mean oh oh but it wasn't mean no it wasn't mean they it wasn't even right. said in the mean context but that's what that's my point all of that was all that energy was spent when I could have moved on to another joke sure. for an adult audience, right? They would have kept. Yeah, I remember the Rocky also, Horror Picture it, Show. Sure, it's a learning moment. Now you had to look up Vestite, and you realize that's <laughs> yeah. not about that anymore. I guess you. I guess I learned something in college. I that's learned something in college. Yeah. I did. So you want to get back out and you, are you doing? Something I miss the thing? reps. I miss. Yeah. I miss yeah. doing the. I miss doing like the six months, eight months, yeah. year. I'm obsessed with this material. Yeah. Like. It's why, you know, like with specials and stuff, like I, I wish I could be four deep, yeah. you know, or whatever. But yeah. it's just oh, so. That's right. This is the first one he did in five years, four it's years. It's so fucking hard to get an act together. Dude, I mean, I didn't know when during COVID, I was like, you know, the weird thing was is that, you know, like I didn't miss it. And I thought, like, well, maybe I'm all better. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Yeah, like, but but as soon as we could start doing it and other people started doing it i oh. wasn't going to do any outdoor shows but as soon as people started going to clubs i'm like all right fuck it's on i did some yep. outdoor shows I can't, I can't do it. oh man it was you missed out on a good time i did people were so ready to laugh man i just i just like to me it was sort of like i'm not doing that kind of shit no i'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go perform for cars no no i didn't perform for cars okay I, i'm with you there but well, I had, a, good I had, I had a parking lot show that oh, I would do good. like every couple of weeks. I needed that stage. I needed. I was on the back of a pickup truck. That's nice. It's all right. Once I got back and I didn't know where the hour was going to come from, what I do is I just book out like Dynasty Typewriter mm-hmm. for a month of like once a week mm-hmm. and just start riffing. And yeah. Just seeing what sticks. And yeah. I'm going. I'm out. going on the road this weekend just for that reason. To where? Just to Milwaukee Improv. I'm going to be in Milwaukee next week. Oh yeah, I'll be there. I'm leaving Friday. I'll be there. I'll. Friday to Sunday, I think. Oh, this Friday to Sunday. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be there next week. I'm going to be at some at the Paps Theater or somewhere in Milwaukee. Oh, that's I love that theater. That's the one with the great green room with the yeah, coffee great and green shit room and the record player. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I hope I think I sold a few tickets. We'll see. Uh, I, I should know the number, but yeah, yeah that's where I'm going to be. Yeah. I'm kind of I'm I'm, gonna, I'm trying to do like kind of you're just sm- working shit out. Way sm- yeah yeah yeah. I don't I, I'm not doing no theater or nothing like that. That's good, man. You got I got shit. nothing because you, you just dumped it. I dumped it. It's all right. But now I'm back. I got I got some ideas though. I, I, like I said, like I did the Minnesota shows and just like fun. Just go up there for 40 minutes and just fuck around. Yeah, figure out what you got. Figure out what you want to talk about. Yeah yeah. Well, it was good talking to you, man. This was so much fun, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for doing it.
All right, there you go. Michael Che, you know who he is. Saturday Night Live, the season finale, is uh, this Saturday. Also, the uh, second season of that damn Michael Che show premieres next Thursday, May 26th on HBO Max. All right, so this is me playing my new... Uh, my new partner, my new uh, banker custom, Leslie, double cutaway, P90, fucking, just, this guitar is a monster. Love it. Love it. everywhere.